Hey everybody, uh, my name is Jared Causey, and you are listening to Causey's Conversations. Um, it's been a while since I've been here and uh, done an episode like this. Uh, just had a lot going on. Um, I've been on a trip recently. I was sick. Um, had a lot of things going on with family, just visiting them over the break, over Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff like that, and finals, of course. So, I mean, it's been really a busy few months since I've done this, and um, and also just, you know, just uh, finding time between uh, doing schoolwork and spending time with, with Amy and um, doing doing work and all that. So it's been a good few months, though, um, and there's a lot of that's been going on in my life, and there's a lot that's been going on in the world around us. Um, there's a lot of different topics that I've been wanting to get, get onto and, and discuss, uh, abortion being one of them. Um, one that I'm really though have, have been really passionate about for some time, and what's what we're going to talk about today is essentially the the role of the Holy Spirit. What is the role of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life, and what are what what is the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives that sometimes people claim um, exists but is actually not um, the case. What are some examples of this? We're going to see, and I'm going to bring up numerous examples today of different churches, different organizations, different pastors, different lay people, um, things they'll say and they'll attribute to the Holy Spirit that's not actually biblical. And then they'll, all, and also, we'll, of course, we'll focus a lot on what does the Holy Spirit do for our life. Um, it's It might be an elementary topic for some people, but I've noticed <clears throat> a lot within um, evangelicalism, specifically the SBC, a lot of people, a lot of people have been kind of sucked into this movement of charismatic, uh, the charismatic movement here, um, which is really saddening because if we go back far enough, you can trace the roots of uh, the modern charismatic movement to um, different different movements, and it's definitely not um, in 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 a um, very literal sense. It's not a Baptist movement, um, and I know a lot of people are like, "Well, it doesn't matter what you are denominational wise." Well, that's that's true, but if you're going to call yourself a Baptist, you're going to adhere to to non Baptist distinctives or non Baptist theological truths. Then you probably don't need to call yourself a Baptist anymore. It's like saying I'm a basketball player, but I never play basketball. I don't like basketball. I never played it ever. So I mean, like to me, we, we have to we have to come to grips with who we are as believers. What category uh, are we in? Where do we fall into? Now people will say, well, terms really don't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, it does in the case of communication. We need to be able to effectively communicate who we are. If I go up to someone and say I'm, I'm Baptist. Or I'm Pentecostal, or I'm, you know, I'm non-denominational, whatever that means. All those things are, are fine, but you you have to be able to define what you are, and in, in in the the terminology that you use is important because what you say is backed up by truths that make up um, that theological category. So being a Baptist, for example, I, I've talked a little bit about what being a Baptist is all about, but essentially being a Baptist is 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 very very broad in a, a very in a very practical sense, but at the same time, there are a lot of things in, in Baptist life that don't coincide with, with the charismatic movement. Now there are some things in the charismatic movement that I think are good and helpful for the church at large, but there are a lot of things that I think are very harmful as well. And I've seen it kind of grow and merge into the SBC a lot um, here in recent months. 
in uh, years, in fact. I mean, it's been going on forever, I guess, but uh, for a long time anyway. But specifically, um, just in, in my own neck of the woods and in my own friend circle and, and on my Facebook and on Twitter, uh, on social media, just seeing all the different events going on, um, I've just seen a lot of concerning things. But today, we're, I, mean, I want to specifically talk about the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit's role is, who the Holy Spirit is, um, and like, what does He do in our life, um, and, and, and what, what, what is the, His primary um, what is his primary purpose um, in the Godhead, in the Trinity? Um, so I want to start off by explaining that real quick. That that the Holy Spirit um, is the third person of the Holy Trinity uh, of the of the Trinity. Um, you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three persons distinctively. Uh, all three are God. One God, three persons. I know that's kind of crazy. I know that some people. Don't understand that. I understand that. You know that is kind of hard to understand to a certain degree, but um, that's that's biblical. I believe that's uh, that's actually historical Christianity. Uh, if you trace the creeds back, um, trace Christianity back to its earliest roots, you'll find that the early church uh, declared that the Godhead existed, uh, has exists, and has ex- always existed in the form of uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons, uh, one essence. Um, and uh, that's an important truth to be reminded of. So the Holy Spirit, though, specifically was was given out to believers um, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Um, I have that up right here. I'm going to, real quick, I'm going to go through that a little bit. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I have a little bit of a cough, a little bit of a sinus thing going on here. So if I make weird noises... I am so sorry. Uh, I really hate that I'm doing this right now, but um, I wanted to get back to the podcasting because I have a uh, free night tonight, and I wanted to do it for sure tonight because I've just been seeing a lot of different things that are, I think, important. So here is the uh, day of Pentecost. This is the event of when the Holy Spirit came um, upon the believers. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. This is Acts chapter 2, by the way, verse 1. And divided as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galatians? Galileans, uh, and how is it that we hear each of us his own native language? So it goes on listing all these different, these different uh, ethnicities, these different countries here, um, and they keep describing this event that is um, very, very crazy, very eventful for sure. Uh, but to break this down, essentially, we need to first understand that this is a descriptive passage. This is describing what is going on in the early church. This is not a prescription for. Today, we are the church is not necessarily going to look like this because the Holy Spirit is already here. The Holy Spirit is not coming upon believers today in the same way, in the same instance, uh, instance in the, in the same exact fashion as uh, he was coming upon the early believers. Um, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he dwells within our spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit seals us. <clears throat> The scripture says that, that the Holy Spirit seals our salvation. No one can break that seal. So the one of the first um, you know, 
positive, uh, one of the first positive purposes of the Holy Spirit is that he seals our salvation. He completes it. He confirms it. Um, he regenerates us. Scripture says that we must be born again of uh, born again of spirit and water. In John chapter three, Jesus says this to to, to Nicodemus. We are we are to be born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes within us, regenerates us, makes us alive in Christ by faith um, through grace. So so it's it's pretty clear that the initial purpose of the Holy Spirit is is salvation. It's salvific. It's it's not to give us these different um, these uh, have these different experiences like the one that has happened here in Acts chapter two. Not to say that miracles do not happen today. Not to say that God doesn't heal. Not to say that God doesn't ever um, give someone the ability to understand a different language or whatever um, a, a known language. But at the same time. This is not normative for today. And in fact, even back then, it wasn't completely normal either. It wasn't something that was happening every day. It was something that was essentially going on um, at the times God um, desired for it to happen. Um, However, specifically with the apostles, there were certain gifts that were given to these, these, these men. And they were using these gifts... And um, and when they were using them, um, they were essentially doing them as they were um, led to do. Uh, the apostles, when they went out and healed, they healed people. Um, they had that gift. They had these specific gifts to do those things. However, um, it wasn't as if this was happening every day. So um, I, I wanted to make that clear, though, that, that we are to not necessarily look to imitate what the early church was doing. We are not to um, imitate them in every specific manner. I mean, we are not, uh, obviously we're not living in Jerusalem like they were. We are not in a house. Uh, we're not doing all these specific things that they were doing. And we shouldn't expect that That essentially we're going to receive these same gifts. We are going to um, essentially uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit and then begin to speak in tongues. Um, that is not something that is normal. That is not something that happens today. Uh, in fact, I believe that no one has that gift anymore. Um, we are all able to, um, we all have the, if we're a believer anyway, we do have the Holy Spirit. Um, and the Holy Spirit does give us the ability to do several different things. One of them is being sanctified. We have the ability to be sanctified in, by the Holy Spirit. Um, because the Holy Spirit is not just to to seal us uh, for our salvation and, 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 and basically uh, re- give us regeneration or uh, regenerate our souls. We are to, um, once we receive the Holy Spirit, we are not to stay stagnant, obviously. We are to grow in Christ. And so as we grow in Christ, we um, are made new and, and uh, we are made... Um, uh, better every single day. We are sanctified. The Holy Spirit does this. Uh, in fact, in First Peter chapter one, it talks about this that that we are we are we are sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Check that out. First Peter chapter one verse uh, verse two. Uh, we went through that in my Greek class today, actually. Um, and so we are definitely um, the Holy Spirit is there to sanctify us to bring us into a better spiritual life. Now. In throughout Scripture, uh, now this is speaking on a um, a kind of evidence from silence here. I don't know anything in Scripture that says that the Holy Spirit that 
that the purpose of the Holy Spirit is for the purpose of healing people, uh, for the purpose of um, giving us uh, financial success. Um, God does not promise us any of those things. Um, we do not absolutely, if we are saved in Christ, we have the ability to fight sin. We do not have the ability um, in that same instance to uh, fight sickness, to fight cancer, to, to, to put off all those things. And I've, I've heard these things quite a bit um, from folks on Facebook, social media, on YouTube, on different um, on different uh, these different mediums here um, where people are communicating their uh, theological thoughts. We are we don't have those abilities. Pro- Christ did not promise us that. We have the ability to fight sin, and we are able, and we will, as if, if we're truly in Christ, we will be saved, and we will persevere um, throughout our life. Uh, the Holy Spirit guarantees that. Um, so, you know, I, I I see a lot of folks tend to, to 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 want to use the Holy Spirit as almost like a genie in the bottle. Oh, I'm just gonna, I want. You know, I want a thousand dollars, so I'm just going to pray this prayer. I'm going to ask God. I'm going to. I'm going to really just pray. I'm going to get my church to pray for this. I'm just, you know, pray, pray. And there's nothing wrong with with asking God to provide certain things, but to say that because of your prayer, God will honor that always, or that this is a guarantee, is is completely unbiblical. And I mean that with love. I I'm not saying these things out of arrogance. I'm not saying these things out of um, harshness or anything like that. I'm just simply saying these things out of um, a, a desire to help those that are listening, that desire to listen to this, um, so that they can know that the Holy Spirit is, is so much more in, um, useful than just materialistic things. Or, I mean, our health is important in a certain sense, but it's not the uh, end-all, be-all. Our, our physical health is not our main priority. In fact, uh, Paul even said that um, you know he had such of a desire for Christ that I mean he would almost rather go to and be with Him in glory than than continue to live. Um, but of course, he said, you know, God's your will for me to continue to live. I will. I mean, that's obviously a really bad paraphrase, but that's still the truth of the matter that that we are not guaranteed physical health. We are not guaranteed that control over our health. I mean, yes, if we're sick, go get medicine. Yes, that's about as much control as we have. So I just I want to make that clear in this in this episode because I, I fear a lot of people are being deceived by the charismatic movement. And I hope that those of you that are 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 are, are in that movement, that are open to that movement, that have friends around it, that you would ponder on these things. Look at Scripture, the whole of Scripture. What does Scripture say about these things? Do we see the apostles sick, dying? Yes. Um, I mean, at the very least, we see disciples being killed, and we know Peter died. We know Paul died. We know all the disciples except John were martyred. Um, We know that not necessarily through Scripture, but we know that through historical uh, documents and stuff like that. Sorry, I had to get a drink real quick. My my uh, mouth is very dry, so I apologize. So, but um, that's not to say that that God does not heal people. Like I've said earlier, I, I believe God still works miracles out, and it's a it's a phenomenal thing. I, I, I'm personally I've never been healed, as far as I know of, in, in that 
since, but I, I believe God still does heal. He, he takes care of us. He provides for us in certain ways. But we're not guaranteed those things necessarily. Okay, that's the thing. We're not guaranteed those things. That's the, that's the difference. I'm not guaranteed my next paycheck. You know, I'm not guaranteed, um, you know, that I'm going to live a long health. I, I might die while I'm doing this podcast. And God deserves all the glory for that. I mean, one way or another. I mean, he does as he pleases. You know, his, my life is completely in his hands. You know, I'm his vessel. He does with me as he pleases, essentially. And so believers that, that are guilty of this this type of prosperity gospel, genie, Holy uh, Spirit, genie in the bottle type God, um, I, I beg, I uh, plead with you to turn from that theology, look to better theology, look to biblical theology, don't necessarily do this just because Jared is saying so. Look at the text. Study it for yourself. Does the I mean do are we promised these different things? I, I would say absolutely not. We will face tr- hardships. We will face persecutions. Um, we will face terrible times, and we will um, not. We will not all um, have the happiest of lives in um, in that a materialistic sense. And, and, and today I, I saw um, I saw a blog post uh, that basically said you know that that to, in today's churches most of the Holy Spirit uh, most churches the Holy Spirit is pretty much um, is, is dead in, in Baptist in, in Southern churches um, the the Holy Spirit is essentially dead it, or is, is essentially um, the kind of the the ugly stepchild or something like that or something along those lines. Um, you know, it depends on what you mean by that. If you, if you're saying that, you know, some churches, you know, do some churches not talk about the Holy Spirit as much as they should, or are they scared to because they're afraid that they're going to be more charismatic? Maybe that's the case. I've seen that in certain instances, but I would say overall, say most churches typically look at the Holy Spirit, view the Holy Spirit as a person, third person of the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to, um, regenerate us, uh, to, to make us alive in Christ, to sanctify us, and to um, help us continue in our spiritual walk, and uh, to intercede on behalf of um, God, on behalf of us uh, to God. So I mean, you know, our, our, the Holy Spirit is is some people might get a little nervous, but at the same time, um, to say that all churches. Around around the South, around uh, different places, are are essentially ignoring the Holy Spirit or ignoring massive parts of, of important parts of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I don't think so. Um, again, the Holy Spirit does not guarantee our health or that we will be healed. Um, there's if there is if there is if people can heal others on command um, and they have the gift of healing in that sense, why are not those people? Um, at St. Jude's, uh, why are they not in the hospitals? Why are Christians still getting sick and dying? Well, it's because God doesn't promise that everyone's going to be healed, and not everyone, ha- no one has that gift of healing. Not like the apostles did anyway. It's completely different. And so, I mean, to, to me, it, it seems um, I don't know what it is. It's, it's wishful thinking almost, and I, and also a sense of uh, an emotional appeal. 
um, to folks um, that, you know, you want to feel good. You want to feel the presence of God, you know, all that. Feeling the presence of God is is not, I don't know what that means, number one. Number two, if someone could help me with that, that'd be great. The feeling the whole presence of the Holy Spirit, how do you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit? That To me, that does not make a whole lot of sense. The scripture doesn't say anything about feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit that I know of. Maybe I'm wrong. I just I don't know what that what that is or where it's at. Um, now, does the Holy Spirit is are we is the Holy Spirit present amongst us? Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and especially within our hearts, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. So, therefore, the presence of the Holy Spirit is, I think, mainly in matters of. The body of Christ. When the body of Christ is together, worshiping together, the Holy Spirit is present. Absolutely, uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't get our permission. Um, doesn't need our permission to to be with us to 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 be there. No, the Holy Spirit goes as He pleases. <clears throat> so, um, I wanted to, to to bring that up because I see a lot of folks be drawn to charismatic theology and practices that have typically um, have drawn people to itself through emotional means. You know, I feel good. This makes me feel good. I had this personal experience. Listen, your personal experience does not define our theology or shouldn't define your theology. Personal experience um, can be important in certain aspects, but in this sense, it doesn't prove one way or another of, of any certain thing. We can't use that as an evidence. Um, unequivocal, equivocal, sorry, hundred <laughs> um, percent without question, proof um, of evidence. That's not how experience works. We are we experience different things, but our experiences are secondary, tertiary to Scripture. Scripture is our primary authority. If scripture is our primary authority, everything else comes under that. Everything else does, including our experiences, including what we see on a daily basis, what we think, how we feel. All those different, all of those different things are um, are good and, and and have their place within our lives, but they're not proof of you know what is true theologically. Um, I think it's um, sad when I when I hear people say that. That the Holy Spirit is dead in our churches. I, I don't see the evidence of that. Because the Holy Spirit is working within our lives to bring about the, the um, sanctifying power within us. The, the, when we have the Holy Spirit, we have power. Absolutely, we have power to fight sin. We have power to defeat our sin in every way possible. When we sin after we're saved, it's because our the spirit within us is overcome by sin, by our sinful nature. And the Holy Spirit being within us is not as powerful at that point. That's because of our sin, our sinful nature. And so to me, when we see that, when we or we make the claim that the Holy Spirit is not a major or is not a major part of a lot of these churches, we have to be careful with that statement. Uh, we have to ask, well, what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? If the purpose of the Holy Spirit is for healing and all that, 
Where's the scriptural backing of that? We don't see in scripture where it says that the, the, the Holy Spirit, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to heal people. We don't see that. It's not there. Do we see people healed in scripture? Absolutely. And if we, you know, if you agree that the gifts, like gift of healing and all these different things, if if that is still going on today, if you we can agree to disagree on that, but at the same time, I hope that you would at least agree that the Holy Spirit, the purpose of Him, is not for healing. That's not that's not one of the main purposes anyway. It's not even a major purpose. Okay, because I mean, even in Scripture, we don't see that that being a highlight of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is the sanctification, the sanctification of our heart. Okay? So, we, we have to be careful with that. We really, really do. Um, so, a, a lot of... Um, I was talking about experience earlier about the Holy Spirit, or uh, the charismatic movement, the Holy Spirit and all that, being experiential, experiential, um, centered, almost experience centered. Uh, Tom Schreiner, who's a uh, professor at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, wrote a great book on spiritual gifts. Um, in there, he says um, one of the major dangers of the charismatic movement in evangelicalism generally is a focus on experience, so that experience takes precedence over and trumps scripture. Powerful experience of God are a gift of God. But scripture must play a foundational role so that experience is not accepted as self-authenticating. So when people say, well, I believe that prophecy exists in a sense of people, you know, can come up to me and tell me things about me that I need to know or whatever without um, without me telling them anything. If, if that's the case, if that happens in my own life, then that means it's real. Well, no, that's not proof of if that can actually happen, if that's actually biblical. It's biblical if it's in the text of Scripture, and we see throughout the text proof that it is necessary for today. Um, I'd make an argument that it's not, but if you disagree, again, that's that's fine. But there's nothing in Scripture that really plainly says um, that, that's a, that the Holy Spirit, that that's the main purpose of the Holy Spirit anyway. Um Scripture must play a foundational role so that the experience is not self-authenticating. I said that experience is subordinate to Scripture so that experiences do not become the arbiter of what is permitted. Instead, Scripture is the final authority and experiences are only to be accepted if they accord with Scripture. So, I mean, that's a good good point by Tom Schreiner. Um, He he does make the claim that, that experiences have taken over a lot of churches. Um, a lot of people make their claims that, hey, such and such exists because I've seen this. That's not the case. I pray that the church, that churches and church leaders, church members, pastors, etc. will take a look at Scripture first, make their conclusions based on Scripture alone, and then um, take experiences with, with um, what they're meant to be as um, not necessarily self-authenticating, but just... Uh, maybe encouraging, or, um, I mean, the thing is, is we have to, I, I hate to say this, but because it kind of does, it's kind of scary, but at the same time, it's true. Um, God, the, the, God is not the only um, spiritual being at work, or the Holy Spirit is not the only spiritual being at work within, uh, within us or around us. Um, there are other spiritual forces going on. 
and that and I'm I'm talking about evil experiences, uh, evil spirits. So I mean, to, even if there is a um, miracle that takes place or someone does something, conjures up something kind of crazy. If if that's the case, that's still not self-authenticating because it could technically be from Satan. It could. It could be. Now, um, I don't assume that it is necessarily, but there is that possibility. So we can't go based off, oh, this just happened. You know, I, so-and-so was healed. I know, you know, I healed that person. Um, I, you know, one claim I hear a lot of people make is, oh, I... Um, so and so in my church uh, was healed. I, 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 one leg was shorter than the other, and I was able to heal their leg, and both their legs are now. A lot of that stuff is fake, actually. If you if you watch uh, different videos, Todd White's a really famous one. Um, and I know a lot of people like Todd White. I'm not trying to offend anyone, but if you watch the videos, he's a fraud. Um, he really is. Um, so we have to be careful. With who we're we're listening and and looking to for our answers, I think he's Ty White specifically has, has led a lot of people astray. And I say this in love because I love um, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, I want you to know that he is a wolf. Um, he does believe in theological things that are not they're not good. Um, in fact, I'll call them heresies. One being the kenosis theory, a heresy. He believes Jesus emptied himself of his his deity nature. That means he believes that Jesus walked this earth. Um, not being God, um, not being God in human form in that sense, um, that, that his nature was all human, um, which is sad. Another person that actually believes this too is Bill Johnson, um, who I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to bring up too because he is a big example of someone that I think has led this charismatic movement a lot of places around the world, um, and he's, he's leading a lot of people astray. Um he says some pretty, really interesting things here. Um, I had to get another drink. I'm sorry. So he says, is it all, and this is on his website. You can go to his website, type in Bill Johnson. Um, you have to go to the Q&A section. Um, but this is his website. Um, I've, I've been to this website several times. But um, it, this and here's the thing people might say well why is this a big deal to you Jared well here's the thing this is a big deal to this group of people this is a major deal I mean if you go to Q&A all, I mean really everything that he talks about in here is something to do with healing something to do with sickness or miracles or whatever so I mean like this is a big deal to this group of people The and this group of people would be called um, the uh, New Apostolic Reformation so you know they do have a title. That's what they're called. I didn't make up the title. That's that's their title. Um, I'm not sure who pinned that title to be honest, but that's that's the movement there. That's what's been deemed. Um, so Bill says, um, "Is it always God, God's will to heal someone? How can God choose not to heal someone when He already purchased their healing? Was His blood enough for all sin, or just certain sins?" Were the stripes he bore only for certain illnesses or certain seasons of time? When he bore stripes in his body, he made a payment for our miracle. He already decided to heal. You can't decide not to buy something after you've already bought it. This is an interesting claim. So, apparently, um, if when, when Christ went to the cross, he not only paid for our sin, but he also paid for our illnesses. Folks, this there's no scriptural backing for this at all. 
Um, he cites Mark 9, but it's just an instance when Jesus healed a child. Yes, no one disputes that Jesus healed people. We all agree on that. But Jesus did not die for the, the physical healing of people. He died so that we can be made spiritually healed. Again, this is not an argument about does God still heal people today or not. It has nothing to do with that. It, the, the, the discussion is, does, did Jesus heal? Did, did, when he went to the cross, did he pay to heal all illnesses um, for, for believers? No, he didn't. Did he pay for our, our, our sins and sicknesses? No, he did not. There's nothing there that says that. This is problematic theology. This is wrong theology. In fact, this theology, I would say, is borderline heresy. Um, I'm not quite sure if I would call it heresy, but this is very close to it if it is not. Um, this is dealing with the atonement. It's really screwing up the atonement here. It really is. Um, again, Jesus did not go to the cross to make you physically whole. He went to the cross to pay for our sin. Jesus, um, he goes on, Jesus Christ is perfect theology. He is the will of God. We can't lower the standard of Scripture to our level experience. Well, I mean, here's the thing. You can't raise your experience um, to a, a level that, uh, that is not available in Scripture. Scripture does not communicate that we have this ability to be healed on command or that Christ paid for our healing. Um, so, I mean... We can't do the same with our experience. We cannot raise our experiences up um, to a level that Scripture is not at. Um, so how do we fix the problem? We have to realize it's, God's, it's not God's fault. That's what he says. Learn from others who see miracles. Have them pray for you. If you don't know people who see miracles, find them. Books will help. If the author has a miracle lifestyle, wow. <laughs> don't try to learn from those who only have the theory of miracles. Wow. This is crazy. Uh, seriously, I, I get really shocked every time I see this. Like, this is just amazing. Um, do what Jesus told his disciples to do when he addressed the problem. Pray and fast. Not just for a specific problem, but for a lifestyle anointing. Well, I don't know what he means by a lifestyle anointing, but I do agree we need to pray and fast. Um, I mean, if you want to pray and fast, you know, for healing, that's, I have no issue with that. We are, to, I believe we are to pray for healing and, and even fast, I think is appropriate. Um... So, if someone isn't healed, realize the problem isn't God. So, God isn't the problem here. The problem is you, right? Seek Him for direction as well as personal breakthrough. Greater anointing for consistency and healing. Here's the thing. You know, this isn't Bill Johnson or this is Jared. <laughs> These are Jared's words now. You know, does, does God ever desire for us to be sick or... You know, I, I was at a conference uh, not too long ago. In fact, I got in just a few days ago. Went to a, uh, Piper, John Piper's conference at Bethlehem in uh, Minneapolis. It was so cold, by the way. So cold. Um, so I was up, up there, and um, I um, I went to the first day of the first day of conference. It was wonderful. I enjoyed it. You know, did a lot of great things. Bought a lot of books. I'm telling you what, Amy is not going to be liking all these books I'm purchasing, but you know, I just have to have them guys. I'm sorry. I'll, um, I'll bring her out 
to dinner or something or do something for it like that. But anyway, so um, uh, during the trip, I got sick. I got sick. Now, according to Bill Johnson here, I got sick and nothing to do with God. God's not the problem. Jared, you're the problem. You got you you got sick because of something you did or your lack of prayer. I mean, does it mean I'm I mean I'm not saying I'm in perfect prayer and I'm in a spurt, perfect spiritual health. Um that's definitely not what I'm saying. However, to say that, you know, did God desire for me to be sick? Well, I was sick, and I believe that all things happen according to God's eternal plan and decree. If I was sick, it's because God had some reason for it. He planned it out that way. Um, that's that's His purpose. God, I mean, the thing is, is you know, Scripture says that God, He He plans out the the, the days of our lives are not the TV show. The days of our lives are planned out. Okay, so every day is planned out by God. It's orchestrated by God, the good and the bad. I know that gets into the problem of evil and all that. Does God decree evil? I'm, I'm not going to get into that tonight. But, I, you know, that's that's what I believe. And so so either either you have to say God either decreed it or God just allowed it passively, whatever it is. But essentially it was in God's plan, as in God... God's eternal plan from beginning to end, that's a part of it. Just like it's a part of God's plan that I'm here right now doing this podcast. So when, when someone is sick, it's that's a part of God's plan. Now, it also might be a part of God's plan for them to be healed. We don't know. However, that's not always the case. My grandmother passed away because of, uh, for, um, from cancer. When I was a freshman in high school, am I to say that that she just didn't have enough faith and God could, you know, she could have healed herself or God could have healed her or that was God's intention, but she just did not allow it? I can't say that. I can't say that one bit. There are many, many people, faithful people that have died from sickness, from illnesses, and they were great, wonderful Christians. They had faith. And to say that they died because they just didn't have enough faith or they just didn't pray or they just didn't you know, believe in the miracles or something is total rubbish. Um, I don't know any Christian that would say they don't believe that God um, can do, can heal, can do what you know he desires to do. In that. I mean, there are people that say that God just doesn't heal at all. But to, you know, do, there are people, there, I mean, there's literally no one that says that God just can't. Um, Everyone agrees that God, you know, can, does have the ability to heal as He pleases. So to say, <coughs> you know, to those that 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 listen to Bill Johnson, read his stuff, I I pray that the Lord would lead you out of this. Um, pray that the Lord would help you see the truth in Scripture that God does um, love His people; He cares for His people. Um, and I, I really do pl- truly believe that these men, such as Bill Johnson, Todd White, I haven't, I didn't go over anything, anything that, you know, Todd White has said and, um, might do that at a different time, um, because he is a problematic teacher. Um, and I don't mean that in a degrading way. I made that in a very, uh, theological sense. Um, but, you know, these men here are leading people astray and I just, I want to communicate to those that are here that maybe know their songs. Okay, you like their songs, fine. That that's okay. 
at least understand where these men are at theologically. Okay, and if you agree with this, this their theology, read scripture. Compare what they say to scripture. Is there anything in scripture that says that Christ like purchased our sickness, physical sickness and healing, for our physical healing? There is one verse that says um, that by by um, his stripes we are healed. That's not referring to a physical healness, um, healing. It's it, that's re- referring to a spiritual healing. Okay, so that, that's an Isaiah. I I don't remember the exact uh, reference, but but we have to understand where we're at theologically. Compare what Scripture says to these men. Compare compare what I say to Scripture. Okay, we all need to do that. Don't just read a commentary or a book by a famous person and say, "Oh, that's that's it. That's 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 the truth." It might be. Compare it to Scripture. Understand where it's at. The Holy Spirit. Uh, I know this kind of got a little bit off of what the whole, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is, but it is connected. Um, you know, in the in the charismatic movement, um, this this topic. Um, Bill Johnson, what he believes. Um, the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is not. For healing, to heal our sickness, God can do that if He pleases. But that is not a purpose. That if if it is, please show me in Scripture where where we where that says where it says that, that that's the case. I'd love to see that. Love to study that with you. Um, but I'm afraid it's not there. And in fact, the the, the purpose of the Holy Spirit, um, I think, is much greater than than just mere physical heal, uh, healing. And stuff like that. Um, miracles are great. Experiences are great like that. But um, the, at the end of the day, the most important thing is, are we growing in Christ, in the Spirit, um, by the sovereign work of God in our lives? Or are we being, are we stagnant in our walks? I mean, this is a great, great reminder to us that, that we are to view the Spirit as a powerful being. Someone that is, it's a person, it's not it, he is a person. I said it there, I'm sorry. But the Holy Spirit is a person, it's not a force. He's not a force. I did it again, jeez. All right. Um, the Holy Spirit is a person. He seals us, he sanctifies us, he allows us to grow, he grows us, he sanctifies us um, in himself and in in. It's, that's a wonderful thing. That's a powerful thing. That is a powerful spirit to raise dead lives, to raise our dead bodies, spiritual bodies to life, to breathe new life into us, to allow us to live in Christ. That is the most powerful thing ever. That's the greatest miracle of all time. That's not... Physical healing is nothing compared to that. And if you think that people that believe that the Holy Spirit um, doesn't work in the way that he did through the apostles, if you believe that's a dead Holy Spirit with that view, I think I think you have a misunderstanding of what it means to be to the Holy Spirit to be powerful biblically, scripturally. I think there's a distinction there that you're missing. The Holy Spirit is powerful today, and he continues to wake dead hearts to life through the preaching of the gospel, through people repenting, 
declaring their faith in Christ, raising dead spiritual lives to life. That is the purpose of the Holy Spirit, to sanctify those lives. It's not to heal people. Does God heal people? Sure. But is that his primary purpose in our spiritual lives? No. And I pray that anyone listening to this, that you would not take this as a knock at you personally. This is me simply lovingly cautioning you. Take a step back, reevaluate, read scripture, compare it to what these people are saying, what you're hearing. Don't go based off of script um, of experience. Go based off of scripture. So, I know that was a little bit longer than I planned. I know we're at almost fifty minutes. Jeez. Okay. Um, I need to wrap up. Um, but I want to say, if anyone, if you have any questions, you want to discuss this, please get in touch with me. I'm on Facebook. All those things. Um, I really do mean it. I want to hear from you guys. Um, pick up. Tom Schreiner's book, um, Spiritual Gifts, What They Are and Why They Matter. Pick that up. Um, check out for yourself what Bill Johnson says on his on his website. Take, search, research him. Compare what he says to Scripture. Um, don't be content in relying on experiences. Um, don't be content on relying on your emotional experiences. Rely on the Word of God and go from there. Let the Word of God steer you, direct you, guide you to where you need to go. So um, that's all I have for today. I hope you have enjoyed it. And I pray that the Lord blesses you, guide you this week as you go and minister in the way that God leads you.